Welcome in again, friends, to another episode of March to the Pod presented by Eternal Roofing. It is episode number 24, and uh, right now it's the one where Corey forgot to change the numbers up there. Hey, in episode 24, we're going to talk about Sam Houston. They got a defensive coordinator, one of the top young coaches in all of college football. Has there been a little too much changeover with some coaching staff this year? We'll get into some of that. Jason Hooten, he returns. But he's got first place on the line when his New Mexico State Aggies come in to visit the Cats. And Walter Janik is raking in postseason honors already ahead of the baseball season that we are uh, right about a month away from beginning. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. It's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram, the chief operating officer of the Cat Front Cat Fund, and proud Bearcat alum Ben Sorrells. Uh, ben, I'm starting to sound like uh, one of our two presidential candidates there, slurring over words and stuff today. Maybe both of them at this point, but this is a sports podcast about Sam Houston, and uh, we're going to keep it that way. And Corey, who's who's the catcher for our baseball team? What was the name you threw out there? Is it Walker Janik? Is that how you say his name? Walker Yannick. Yannick. My bad. Yeah, there we go. See, this is where I learned because I'm a I'm a Texan, right? <laughs> Let's start first with I am a Texan born and bred, joined the Army that did not help my redneckness, okay? <laughs> That's a good word. It really is, because there is a big part of me that is still redneck, and I fight it. I'm telling you, Ben, I read, okay? I try to read my books. Uh, I try to do everything I can to fight this redneckness, but it, deep down, I'm always a redneck at heart, and, you know, that's Walker Janik because I'm not from Europe. Yeah, that's Gregory Gregory Poland High School for you, the pride of Gregory Poland. So he's got some some redneck in him, I'm sure. The pride of Gregory Poland. That yeah, wow, interesting. <laughs> Gregory Poland gets a shout out on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> How about we give our sponsor a shout out on the podcast, Taylor Andrews and our friends over at Eternal Roofing. They are the people you want to give a call to for anything you need when it comes to roofing and general contracting. They can install repair roof, paint interior, exterior of your home or business, install your gutters, garage doors. They can even install your floors, perform any woodworking needs. You might have any crown molding or shells, repair your sheetrock. Really, they do just about anything. And Ben? It's almost February. It's time to start planning for Christmas, man. Yeah, I mean, you can never start early enough. And, I mean, there's a lot of weather coming through Texas right now. So if there's any roofing needs, general contracting, whatever it might be, they are the people to call because this weather has been pretty gnarly the past few days. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. But we'll finish with Taylor first. <laughs> we want you to give our friends over at Eternal Roofing a call. In the Hill Country, you can give them a shout. Area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery office is area code 936-215-8539. 
Or you can always send an email to Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. Yeah, ben, you know, last week I was complaining. I'm not complaining as much about the weather, but I'm not a fan of winter. I don't like the dreary days. It's really difficult for someone who struggles and fights depression on so many levels every day to look outside and there's been no sun for like a week. And if you step outside, it's cold as heck. It's the last few days has even been worse as far as like mood goes because you've got rain and and drizzle. There was a little bit of ice at times. Like I'm telling you, man, I prefer sunshine and seventies. So if I could just get one of those clouds over my head, I'd be happy. Yeah. Well, how does the song go? Sunny and seventy-five. I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take it, man. I'm the opposite of Olaf. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sunshine and warm air and, yeah, not this. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and our days are shorter, so naturally that makes that makes it a little more of – there are some people who thrive in this too, Ben, at this time of year. And I, I can't understand because I'm also – it may surprise some people to hear, but I'm also a bit of an introvert. So I do enjoy being – away and kind of isolated uh but at the same time i enjoy the sunshine and warm weather yeah. uh and I, I know there are some people that really just they thrive in this kind of weather and hey good for you there's not as much of it in texas that's why i'm here and so if you're around then i hope you make the most of it yeah it's good in spurts it's good on maybe like a sunday afternoon just hanging out watching some football got the rain and Kind of gloomy, but besides that, I mean, after that, let's get back to sunny and 75. That's right, man. Good Lord. And not humid either. Good God. Texas, (laughs) we got to get our weather straight. We got to, the whole state, uh, anyway, uh, mid-70s, no humidity every day, all day. Uh, No rain, but our lakes get full. Ben, I'm all for that kind of weather. Yeah, it's not too much to ask for. Really, it's not, if you think about it. We all pray, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so Ben, speaking of prayer, the Cats found a defensive coordinator this week. <laughs> segue on in, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and it is a, it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of a surprise, uh, and it's also someone who comes from an area that I, I'm pretty familiar with, uh, Skyler Cassidy from Abilene Christian. He was the defensive coordinator there for the last two seasons under Keith Patterson. Uh, now. That young man has is stepping up. He's heading to FBS. Uh, what are some of the things you've heard about that, Ben? Yeah, I, I, just a couple of things and kind of initial impressions. He's one of the youngest coordinators in all of FBS football. I believe he's 29 now. Don't know if he'll be 30 by the time the season starts, but he's young. He's definitely one of the youngest out there. Um, 24-7 sports had him in there 30 under 30. Called him one of the best schematic people out there. Um, he can do, he can talk schematics with anybody. I mean, he's, he's awesome there. Was also on the Dave Campbell's Texas football 40 under 40. Um, so he's, he's made some really, some really good lists and picked up some accolades. Uh, two years at ACU, first year really turned that defensive around, defense around. I think they were a top 25, 30 defense in the country. And that's an ACU team that beat Sam Houston two seasons ago. 
Um, so kind of got to look at, at what he did there and he got to look at kind of what we do here and don't know if that's where the connection started, but saw a little bit of him there and um, did some good things at ACU. Definitely is a guy on the rise. And another thing that stands out is Sam Houston is a school that's had some really good success with young coaches. Um, thinking Tom Herman, thinking Dan Laning, thinking Phil Longo, kind of at their, the beginning of their careers. Um, so maybe Skyler Cassie is the next one. So those are kind of just some of my initial thoughts on the hire. I think it's an outstanding hire, and it is a young man that is whose career is fast rising. But I think this might be a time because he has shot up quickly from a, a position coach, FCS, to coordinator at FCS, to defensive coordinator in FBS. Now, he's very similar to a Division II coach out of UT Permian Basin, Chris McCullough. Chris McCullough is 28 years old as a head coach. He he started coaching at the age of 18. Skyler is similar in, in some of those respects. He's been coaching longer than his age suggests. But I think that where he is in his career right now, it's going to stay on the trajectory, but – I think this is a guy that could come in here three, four, five years, really make a name for himself before he goes and takes uh, some sort of a, a group of five job, head coaching job too, and, and starts down that path. Because it really seems like that's where he is headed in his career. It is. And, I mean, the unfortunate reality of where Sam Houston is in the landscape of college football is we're kind of a springboard for a lot of guys. And um, he's probably a guy that's going to shine, especially with the defense that, has performed extremely well the past few years. He's got a lot of talent still there to work with, which is good. So, um, I mean, if he turns into the next Tom Herman, Dan Lanning, Phil Longo, I mean, he probably did pretty well here, and it's probably going to end up pretty good for us. So, well, I'm hopeful think, about the hire. I mean, let's be honest, Ben. I'm, how many schools are not trampoline schools to a bigger job, right? Right, especially like, honest, in today's landscape. Washington to Alabama now. Okay, that that is power five to power five. Uh, that's a, a national finalist to a team that didn't even make the national finals this year. But it's Alabama, right? You can name those. Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, it's your blue bloods, you know, the ones that have been around forever. Uh, those are the ones that are your destination places. Uh, Michigan, maybe? Maybe Michigan, A&M, LSU, USC, kind of in that tier. They, but see, if you're at a, here's here's how I here's how I differentiate here. If if I'm at Texas, would if all the coaches, if every team in Texas was good, and and Saban retires, is it more likely that Sark would go there, or more likely that the A and M coach would go there? I think. The A and M coach. I don't. I. I don't think you leave Texas for Alabama, man. I. I just don't see the difference. But I believe there is a difference between, and it's not big. It's not like, but there is a little bit of a line of demarcation between some of those names that we all know that are going to draw people. They have a ton of T-shirt fans, right? We like to say that about them. That's okay. And it's okay to not be one of those. So if you're getting in, if you're becoming a school that coaches are going to on their way to better jobs, I'll take it. That means we're winning, right? 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. If he does well here and moves up, he did something right. And we kind of saw the Texas-Alabama thing somewhat play out. I mean, Sarkeesian was kind of rumored to be in the mix there at Alabama, and he, he stayed. So, yeah, I mean, probably not leaving Texas to go to an Alabama type of job. Yeah, no, no, you're not. And so the good thing about getting uh, Cassidy up here is you've got him – at a group of five position, and and there may be a couple of you know two, three, four years down the road, he may go uh, power five defensive coordinator position or something, or depending on how he wants his career arc to go. But I, I mean, regardless, you're still looking. I I still feel that you're looking at multiple years. If everything works out well, multiple years of having him around. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and the defense that has really kind of changed their identity from what they were in the 2010 starting 2019, 2020. It's a defense that's really turned around and almost been the strength of this team after being such a big weakness. And hopefully he can continue that um, in these next few years. Okay. So this is where Corey goes negative because we love negative Corey. Negative Corey is the very best Corey that there has been. Negative Corey says, okay, defensive coordinator is gone. We got a new one. That means he's going to bring in his own guys, right? And we've seen some of this already playing out on social media. We got Thomas Rocco uh, has le- has left and gone to be defensive coordinator at Temple High School. Um, and we won't discuss anything else about I, and by that I mean pay, right? Like we're not talking about the fact he gets paid more to go be in the defensive coordinator at Temple than he does to be cornerbacks coach at an FBS school. That's not what this discussion's about. I do think it's fair to point it out, though. Anyway, we know he's gone. Have you heard of some others? Do you know of others? And is it only the defensive side of the ball that's having this coaching coaching kind of change this year? Yeah, so we obviously know about the strength coach. We know about Coach Morris. We know about Coach Rocco. Those have all been put out publicly. Um, Going to be a little bit more turnover, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I can't really say anything official yet, but it's not going to be a complete overhaul of the defensive staff, but it's going to be close to it. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, some hires probably in the next week or two. Some things are in the works. But, um, yeah, I think it, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, like you said. I mean, the, the staff that had been here for a couple of years had done some really good things. Uh, maybe the new staff and the, the new guys that come in continue that, or maybe we see a bit of a decline. So it could go either way um, when, when you add so many new faces and new names to the coaching staff. I, I point you to your former rival uh, and someone you still love to yell at on social media, SFA. And they like to yell at us more than we yell at them now. Well, they do now, right? Because, yeah, well, I mean, that's called a little jealousy. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, And rightfully so. You're now big brother. They're little brother, right? Little brother is going to be jealous. It happens. It's the same concept with A&M in Texas. It happens. Anyway, whether if you don't like to hear that, though, it's still the truth. Just how it is. And that's, that's my goal is to always speak the truth. Uh, now I forgot where I was going with that too, Ben. <laughs> hey, hey, as long as I heard that SFA's little brother, I think we're good. I think you can clip, you go, I think yeah. you can clip that and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> they are right now until they I mean, become FBS, They already right? were. They already were. Well, now, it, I, I didn't say that. That's what I said. 
I, well, and that's fine. You're you're an <laughs> alum and, and all that. I don't care, right? I'm just saying now I can say that because you're at oh, obvious different levels. I know where you were going. You were going to point out something in SFA's coaching staff that we could point to or something along those lines. Yeah, two years ago, man, the entire staff went to Louisiana Tech, right? And when you re, when you overhaul an entire staff, and then last year was another four to five coaches – there is something to be said about co- being able to keep coaching staffs together and fluid and, and get that kind of the, – the more the more you get to know people, the more familiar you are with them, the more comfortable you are around them, the better they're going to be, the better they're going to work. Now, there are times where it is necessary to do a clean-out. Right. If you've got bad apples or you got it's just time. Right. Like, okay, look, we just we've been around each other. It's been good. Good luck. Right. Time to go. Uh, But when I see so much of this, it it does concern me a little bit heading into uh, next season. It just feels like a whole lot of turnover on the roster and the coaching staff and all at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, this last season, I think everyone would agree the defense is, was the shining star and is what kept us in a lot of games. And you return almost everything offensively and add some good pieces, and you're returning, I mean, pretty much the whole staff on the offensive side to this point. You never know what's going to happen, but um, maybe it's kind of a role reversal this year. Maybe the defense kind of takes a step back, but the offense takes a big step forward. Um, if the, I don't know. We'll see, but I think that could be something we see. Um but only time will tell there. Yeah, uh, defense was the best part, you know, but it, it that doesn't matter as much because, it again, sometimes it's just time. It's just time to move on. When the time's right, the time's right, and there's no point in lamenting it. Uh, and that, that very well is – it sounds to me like that's what happened, that it was just time, which yeah. means you're going to have assistance changing along – of the same lines too, and you're gonna have you're gonna have some issues with some of your roster, your defensive players, right? I mean, they're gonna have a chance to enter that portal coming up here after spring practice, so that's gonna be something to really watch here. Yeah, yeah. I had someone uh, ask me that a reply to one of my tweets when Rocco left that if the players could leave, and it's only if you're a grad transfer or if it's your head coach. But um, yeah, the portal does open back up. I think April first through fifteenth something like that. So we'll see what happens um, in the spring. But as of now, there really hasn't been a lot of movement um, the past couple of weeks. And there are some guys that are grad transfers that could move out, but just haven't seen that yet. But we'll see. We'll see what the spring holds. Yeah, no, I, I'm thinking more after spring practice. Like right. the, the portal's closed now unless head coach gets – I'm talking about after spring practice. But it, that means – it's kind of smart to wait till the portal closes if, if you're in Keeler's position because it gives the new guy time to come in and try to win the the, the mainstays over, right, and right. try to win them over. But, <clears throat> again, it's a cautionary tale because you've got to come in and win the roster you have, and you've got to finish out a recruiting class. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you've got to be recruiting for next year. Uh, it's – it's not ideal. Yeah, and that, that's that's a good point you brought up because it's something I've thought about is, I mean, there's guys still in the portal that have entered um, that you've got to keep recruiting. I mean, you're probably going to add a couple more pieces, and 
when you don't have a lot of coaches on the defensive side, if you want to add a defensive player, it's a little difficult to do when they don't know who their coach is going to be. So, um, yeah, it definitely adds another layer in with the portal and the portal being year-round almost now. Well, how many do you lose? Ben, I mean, let's just be honest. Recruiting is is relationships. That's what builds recruiting. That's what gets a recruit to go to a school most of the time now. And 99% of the time, it is about the relationships. Well, now the coach that they built the relationship may be gone. Uh, do you still have that guy? And if that guy just signed in December, how are they feeling about the things right now around the program? Right, yeah, especially if they didn't know that this was coming down the pipeline. But yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, we really did not lose a lot in the portal this go-around. So um, that spring portal entry window, it's it's going to be interesting. But if we can hold on to guys, I mean, I really like the talent on this roster going into 24. Yeah, well, it's something that we're going to be talking about a lot because it's really kind of important for next season. It's now, I mean, I, we're January 24th. We're still talking about football right now. Uh, but it really does have that kind of importance for next season right now. Yeah, it, and it's a really big year. I mean, you're out of your two-year transition. You're pretty much there from a scholarship perspective. You're fully funded. Um, you've seen what life in the FBS is like, and it's go time now. I mean, there's no more excuses anymore. You're, you're out of the transition. It's time to go and win some games. Let's face it, the seat is not cold. And the the seat is definitely on the lukewarm status. And if you come out and put up a season as bad or worse as last year, it's going to get a lot hotter. Uh, And there is not, I mean, it's not a very, very long contract. Yeah, it's got this, it's three more seasons, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, so look, each year it gets a little shorter, right? So you got to produce. That, that's yeah. the world we live in. You got to produce. Yeah, and I think I think we will. I think five wins, you're completely fine. I think anything below five, like you said, I think it starts to get get a little warm. I mean, another three or four win season, I don't think people are going to be very happy with. If it's three wins or less, yeah, no, no, they're not going to be happy at no. all with that. We we saw some of that this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we want to let everyone know we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which means we like for the Dave Campbell's 40 under 40 to go first. (laughs) I had to. Anyway. (laughs) We really – I noticed I was like, yeah, you put Dave Campbell's second, man. (laughs) Thirties before forty, but this time we'll go forty first. Hey, dude, always, always Dave Campbell's first, right? That's yep. that's the rule around Texas, anyway. That's what we're oh, gonna yeah. say. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the various social media platforms. Uh, you can search Republic of Football. You can find our. You can find us on the social media platforms at March to the Pod. It's the word March, the number two. The pod, all one word, together, and a little hello out to everyone watching on Dave Campbell's YouTube page. Thank you so much, and welcome in. And Ben, we also want to take a quick moment and give a big thank you out to our sponsors at Eternal Roofing and let you know what kind of services, what you can expect when you give them a call. First, you're going to get a fast, you're going to get no high pressure, you're going to get friendly people, exceptional warranties on their workmanship and 
great quality workmanship as well. They also offer free detailed roof inspections. It, it, they, everything is done right. That's the best thing you can say. They use certainty shingles, which are known for their superior resistance during this weather, which we talked about earlier, has been winter. Exceptional longevity. <laughs> And they have a very, they just look great. A very stunning aesthetic appeal. Give them a call today. You won't be disappointed. In the Hill Country, they have an office. You can uh, dial it area code 830-251-5673. The Montgomery location, area code 936-215-8539. You can always give Taylor an email at taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. Just simply the name Taylor. This way... You don't have to try to spell last names that sound like Hogue, and you have no idea how to how to spell that. Yeah, or Sorrels. Keep it simple. That's right. Yeah. Keep it simple. Taylor at EternalRoofingTX.com. Hey, look, he keeps it simple. Keeps it simple. Keeps keep it simple. Keeps it effective. He really does, does actually. Like from what I know from yeah. from, from him, he from, he keeps it simple. He keeps it effective. He does a great job. He runs a great company. He does, and and it's a Bearcat-owned company too, which is also another cool thing. That is always very important to us, uh, and a very important game coming up on the schedule for men's basketball. It's one that. Uh, I imagine the coaches are dreading a little bit tomorrow night, Thursday night. We're recording this on Wednesday evening, so if you're listening, it would be tonight. Uh, At home, inside Johnson Coliseum, New Mexico State, and our old friend comes back, Jason Hooten, who who was head coach for a long time, built this program, did a great job. Um, I, I think... The first thing that we that I want to touch on, Ben, is how hard it's going to be for both Hooten and Mudge uh, this tomorrow night. That is not an easy game for neither of them, and I imagine neither has been looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, Jason Hooten, head coach for 13 years. Mudge was an assistant for all 13 years. I mean, these guys have been together since the very start. It's going to be very weird to see – Coach Hooten there on the other end of the floor and with the visiting team, and it's going to be weird to see them both standing up being the head guy. And um, Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm sure they're dreading it, and um, it's definitely going to be a little awkward there to start with. Yeah, well, they also need a win, and the Bearcats definitely need one. <laughs> last time out, last week, they had a long time to prepare, but I, I just – we were talking before we came on air – Ben, I don't know that how Sam Houston can prepare for Liberty. It is just a a clash, a matchup problem. It is not good, and it's not likely to work in Sam Houston's favor this season at all. Yeah, looking back at the Liberty matchup, I mean, I talked about last week how Sam Houston had a huge size advantage, and that was kind of their Achilles heel for uh, for the matchup. I mean, Liberty threw – five guys out there that could dribble, were quick, could defend, and um, they kind of exposed you to where you couldn't really play any, if at all, of your, your front court. Um, so you're out there with the five guards that you trust, and that's all you really have to defend their five guys out there just because they can all dribble, shoot it. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a matchup nightmare. I mean, we're almost a little too big 
for Liberty. I mean, they, I think they average six one or six two, and uh, yeah, every guy can handle it. Every guy can shoot it. Every guy can score it, and just a little bit too much quickness for us, and definitely posed a matchup nightmare for us. And I'm gonna be uh, looking to see kind of how we adjust in that matchup here at, at Johnson Coliseum here in a couple of weeks. So let's go over that. Corey and Ben are going to become basketball coaches. And we're going to help the men's team prepare and adjust with what they have now for the return match against Liberty. Ben, what is the first thing that you think that it can be adjusted? Yeah, I think you, I think you've just got to let them shoot the ball first a little more. I mean, they they were hot, but I mean, if you're going to play any of your front court guys, you've got to give them a little bit of space to where they can defend the drive because. That's how everything opened up for Liberty was, I mean, it was just drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick. I mean, the Suleiman, Dumbia, Keen Scroggins, Cam Hoofner, whoever the big was that was in there, drive right by him, get by, defense collapses, kick out. Um, so you almost have to give them a little bit of space there. Um, I think you're going to have to figure out how to play small. I think you're going to have to have lineups where maybe Damon Nicholas is going to be your five, going to have to be your center. Um, and you might just have to ride seven, eight guys the entire night usually a team that goes 10 or 11 deep, but um, to win that style of game, you might have to play the six, seven, eight guys that can fit that style. So if you're going to play your bigs, I think you've, you've got to give them a little bit of space, almost let them shoot it just because you know they can't really defend that drive or um, roll with the six, seven, eight guys that are able to defend and see if they can last 40 minutes and go and get you a win. I mean, it's a real big style problem for St. Houston and kind of the way our team is constructed. Okay, so Corey's going to come in with a couple of adjustments you might see and might be uh, discussed and thought about. We're going to start on the defensive end. We're going to play zone. We're going to have to change our style to play Liberty and to have a chance. Not fully, but we're going to have to slow it down. We're going to have to make sure we're not in a hurry to get the ball up the floor. We don't let them get us into too big a hurry. This way we can have at least one front court player in there to go into and have an ad- that size advantage is still a thing and it will work in the post. But the only way you can keep that big on the floor for the offensive end where you need them and where you need to work through them, that's, that's who the offense has to work through. Right, if you're going to play a slowdown, it's got to work through your post, uh, and then to keep that person on the floor, you're not going to be able to play man with a team like Liberty. They're just too fast, they're too quick. So you you're going to have to experiment with some sort of a zone, maybe a matchup zone, something of that nature. Uh, I think that's really about the only adjustments they can make because you you're not going to go sign a couple of good quick defensive guys. Yeah, and, I mean, it's either that or you let them shoot. And I, I do like playing zone. And it's something that we've seen the team kind of experiment with and um, kind of out of timeouts they'll throw, throw in a couple possessions of zone on defense. So they've got a little bit of experience doing it, and I, I like it. I mean, if they can figure out how to effectively play zone well, then you can match up well and kind of start to use that size as an advantage like it should be. So how does New Mexico State compare when they come in? Yeah, kind of a similar to, to Sam Houston. They've got a couple really good guards. Um, Jalen Jackson Posey, not sure if he's going to play. 
Um, I know he's been out a little bit. Um, and then they've got uh, Brandon Suggs, who's another really good guard. So um, they're going to have two or three pretty good guards out there at every time. They've got a good wing in Femi Odakale. Um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how he matches up with maybe Devon Barnes or Damon Nicholas. And then, I mean, they've got a guy that's very similar to Suleyme Dumbia and Casey Eziagu, who was our center last year. Um, so they're built pretty similar. They're going to have probably two really good guys that can handle the ball. They're going to have a really, really good forward in Femi Odakale, who's probably their best player. And then they've got Casey Eziagu, who is very similar to what we have in Suleyme Dumbia. So styles are going to be pretty similar when it comes to size and uh, kind of personnel um, when looking at the two teams. This is really intriguing because it's no surprise, obviously, that Mudge and Hooten have the exact same type of lineups and rosters, right? Uh, there's a reason they were coaching together. Yeah. Uh, so they do know. They do know each other very well. Is are, are is there anything that we might see a little different? Uh, do they try that because the, uh, they do know each other so well? I think – Coach Mudge knows Hooten very well. I mean, Hooten's going to know what Sam Houston and Coach Mudge have put on film this year, but, I mean, Mudge is his own coach, and Hooten's never been under Mudge and worked with Mudge when he's been a head coach. So I almost feel like it's an advantage for Sam Houston um, because, I mean, Mudge knows everything Hooten's run for 13 years. Mudge is doing his own thing, and Hooten isn't there. I mean, he, he sees what's on film, but he wasn't an assistant under Mudge for 13 years and knows his playbook like the back of his hand, so – I feel like if anything, um, Sam Houston might have the advantage, but we'll see how New Mexico State kind of counters that. No, I, I see that. The the counterpoint uh, to that, I think, is they're around each other so much that they probably uh, have discussed so many things about basketball that they could both tell you <laughs> what each person really believes and wants to do on, right. on tomorrow night you know, or tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really interesting to kind of see what they kind of pull out of their back pocket, especially with Hooten, um, what kind of counters and what kind of slips and what kind of defensive things they might throw at them, just because the familiarity is just, I mean, it's so much. And um, I know when Sam Houston was in the South, and I mean, you played the same head coaches almost every year, and you knew guys really closely, and so I think it really came down to uh, finding that counter that worked um, for you, just because the other team knows what you're gonna do and. The team that's going to win is going to have the coach that figures out how to adjust, and that's what it might come down to um, tomorrow night in Duncan uh, Coliseum. Those type of games are fun to watch. I love those basketball games like that. It is going to be a good one. It's at 8 o'clock, okay? I don't – ooh, 8 o'clock, Ben. Took... Past your bedtime? Whoa. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Dang. Maybe past some people's bedtimes. Damn, I'm 46, Ben. I ain't that damn old. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm still up to like, and I'm a first off, I'm a sports writer. Now, what time do I get out of bed? Mm-mm. I only get up early because I gotta take the, the kid to school, right? Like, if I didn't have to do that, man, I'd be eight, nine o'clock every day getting out of bed now. Like, that's that's the stage I, I'm living at this point. Right. So yeah. I mean, I go to bed late and wake up early. I, I don't sleep a lot. I I work all day every day, it feels like. <laughs> See, I'm going from I, – I go to bed in between 11 and 12 usually uh, and then get up at 7. 
Yeah, I'm so, I'm 11 to 12. Wake up at 5:36 somewhere around there. Yeah. See, I also have an advantage too. I don't have to drive very yeah, often. I don't have to either, thankfully. Yeah. See, that's a big advantage when you can work from home. You don't have to to drive into work. You save that commute time. That's oh, yeah. that's that's a big deal. That really is. But I don't know how <laughs> in the world. A lot. I don't, how in the world did we get off on this team? Oh, you called me old first off, which, <laughs> damn. I was just, I thought that's what you were going to say. I was just trying to finish your sentence. I don't think you're old. No, I was looking, I, I was looking more for the no excuses. Um, you I know, like a few that. weeks ago, I heard a whole lot of, well, it was, you know, people don't get off work till five, five thirty, six. They need to get dinner at eight o'clock. Okay, 8 o'clock. I, I don't want to hear it. 8 o'clock. It is a nationally televised game on the CBS Sports Network. If you are in that area, your your rear should be in the seat by 8 o'clock. Yes. It, it, no late arriving crowd at an 8 o'clock game either. All and, right. And there's a, a tailgate from 5.30 to 7.30 before, before the game also. So if you need some food. Just, there it just is. Go there. They've got free T-shirts, a bunch of stuff going on outside the arena. So no excuse for tomorrow. Why don't they do that every home game? And there's a theme. I mean, they're doing the things we talked about a couple weeks ago that they got to do. Yeah, but I mean that should be at look people. It is a fact of life. People come from work to go to the basketball games during the week, right? It happens at every level: high school, middle school, college. It's everywhere, right? They're leaving work to get to these games. Provide them something like the tailgate. They could go get some some good food, converse with people, say hello to friends and fellow fans, right? And then go in and watch a game. That just sounds to me a whole lot better than, you know, getting off work, going up there, and I don't know, hoping they have nachos at the concession stand or something. Yeah, and the first 500 students that show up get a free T-shirt also. So no excuses for the students and the fans. I mean, it should be should be a good crowd tomorrow. I mean, what more can you ask for? you got New Mexico State and Jason Hooten coming in, a battle for first place, both teams at the top of standings. you got tailgate. you got free T-shirts. I mean – I'll be there. Even my wife is coming, so. Wow. Yeah. That's how you know it's a big game. I mean, she she does like basketball. She doesn't come to all the games, but she's excited about this one. I mean, she'll come and and like it, but she's actually excited about this one. So that that shows you got to get excited. <laughs> get it, we. I mean, seriously, if you wanna if you wanna shut me up do what you got to do to get thousands inside Johnson Coliseum tomorrow. When I'm watching on CBS Sports Network tomorrow night, make sure that when you pan across that I'm seeing a a, a pretty good-sized crowd. I'm not not expecting full. I mean, that place is huge for crying out loud, right? Yeah. But you should get a, at least three, four, 3,000, 4,000 for that game. It's yeah. doable. Yeah, and three or 4,000 in there, that place gets loud and it creates a good advantage. I mean – we don't need to put 6,100. I mean, it would be nice to put 6,100, but if we can get 3,500, I'll call it a success, and I think it's going to help us uh, get a win tomorrow night. It'll get, and, and this is for first place right now, right? The Cats and the Aggies are three and one, and uh, so yeah, it, it, there is a lot on the line, and I, 
get out there. There's there's no excuse not to now. You've got the food covered. We've got unless you just have to work late or something crazy. I get that. Otherwise, no excuses on this one, Ben. None, none at all. None at all. You know none who else? Does? Well, I know you don't use excuses because you've got that cat fund and that thing is going on, man. Yeah. Hell, I, I I think it's important if the people are listening to this and if this is your first time, thank you uh, for listening and thank you for, for joining us and finding us. And we hope you return. Also want to let you know about the Cat Fund and the different membership levels that they have because they really have something for everyone. It's not your big donors, Ben. It's really for the people, the old people like Corey. <laughs> Yeah, the old people, that's right. Um, but, yeah, starting at $10 a month, moving all the way up to $1,000 a month, and you can be a part of the CAP Fund. Um, yeah, it helps support these athletes. And speaking of CAP Fund and what we've got going on, we've actually got a uh, member meet and greet with uh, all of our members, or if you've signed up, um, become a member today and sign up uh, before Saturday. It's before the Saturday basketball game. We're going to have some of our football players, some golf athletes, some maybe some coaches there. Um, we're going to have food, drinks. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely sign up, become a part of the CAT Fund, support these student-athletes. All the money goes back to them, and uh, definitely a great cause to be a part of. It is, and you can go to a meet-and-greet before you go watch UTEP and Joe Golding come in to Johnson Coliseum. It's a heck of a week of basketball there, Ben. It is. It's a big week, and some familiar faces coming come into Huntsville. I mean, Joe Golding, having been at ACU for a while, Jason Hooten, obviously, Talked about him, but almost feels like a little bit of a Southland kind of weekend and uh, just some different team names on the front of the jerseys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it, it almost it almost feels like you're back in your, you know, old school d- days of basketball to, that, uh, you know, those of us in our mid 40s can recall. <laughs> the young people, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, get involved with Cat Fund. It is a great organization. It 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 get as low as ten dollars a month, and any more, uh, that's a a meal at a fast food restaurant. Uh, whichever fast food restaurant you choose, regardless of what days of the week they're open, I just don't care. I like them all. <laughs> ben. One final time, let's give our friends over at Eternal Roofing a shout-out. And this time we're going to tell you what they can do for your business. And if you're interested, you're tired of hearing me about it, I'll tell you how you can go visit a website and get me to be quiet. But as far as businesses go, they are specialists in commercial roofing as well. They have the ability to accommodate your HVAC system, any other roof equipment, while ensuring minimal disruption to the operations during installation or repair. And they do they do a fantastic job with all of that. But listen, if you want to see their work in action, go to eternalroofingtx.com. They have a gallery there. They've got a lot of different things. You can see the work. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. They do a fantastic job. So visit the website, eternalroofingtx.com, and while you're there, shoot Taylor an email, taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. In Montgomery County office, area code 936-215-8539. If you're in the Hill Country, 
You can dial area code 830-251-5673. And, Ben, the great thing about telephones these days is I don't actually have to be in the hill country to call that number if I need roofing. I, in Wichita Falls, can do that too. Yeah, all over the state of Texas, they get it done, that's for sure. And that's the beauty of cell phones in this day and age, right, Corey? Boy, cell phones. What those kids do these days, huh, Ben? Oh, yeah. (laughs) All good stuff, right? All good. Speaking of of kids, let's go to our redneck friends and talk talk about about Mr. Mr. Walker Yannick. Uh, Ben? This man is is one day he's just on that uh, he just seems like the next cat that's going to be in the major league baseball soon. But first, we get one more year of him at least here uh, in Huntsville. Yeah, at least one more year, probably just one more year with him being um, a junior, being draft eligible. Um, and speaking of draft eligible, MLB Pipeline has him uh, number forty eight in their prospect rankings. A lot of other publications have him in the top 60. Um, as of yesterday, he was announced as the Conference USA preseason player of the year um, by Perfect Game Baseball. So we just saw Colton Kowser a couple of years ago go top five in the in the MLB draft. And uh, while Yannick might not, get to, might not go top five, he's probably a, a first-round guy, second-round guy, and he's had a heck of a career in his two years here at San Houston so far. Where's Colton Kowser at now? Triple A with the Orioles, and he actually played about 20 games with uh, the Major League team last year. Well, that sounds like it's pretty good. And, and again, Walker is the next guy in line to step up and take on that mantle. You, when MLB Pipeline, you said they had him in the mid 40s. 48. Yep. At 48. Okay, so there is a chance he could be. He's not likely first round. He could be supplemental. If he moves up, he could get higher if he does really well this year, right? Like how he performs this year is going to have a lot to do. But starting the season gives us a good guide where he is. He's anywhere from a supplemental first-round pick to um, through a second-round pick, right? So he's supplemental first to the second round if he falls maybe a third, but not right now. Yeah, and he's a guy that this team is really going to rely heavily on, and we'll get into um, kind of the team as a whole more uh, going forward or in a couple of weeks. But uh, you lose a couple of big pieces offensively from last year's team, and so uh, expect Yannick to be a really big part of this offense, probably going to hit three, four, five, somewhere right there in the middle of the order. Um, get a catch almost every single game for you. Um, re- reliable guy behind the backstop and um, was this whack tournament uh WAC tournament, uh, what do you call it, player or MVP, WAC tournament oh, yeah. MVP yeah. when they won the conference tournament last year. So he's come up big in some big spots. I think he went five for five in an elimination game um, in the tournament last year. So he really does it all. And, I mean, he was talking in an interview the other day how he was throwing 96 in high school. And you can tell with his arm behind the plate. So he's really a five-tool guy back there. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him and expect to see a lot of scouts out at games um, this season. Was it Perfect Game that had him as the preseason player of the year? Yeah, Perfect Game had it yesterday as, as preseason player of the year. Yeah, and, you know, the great thing about catchers, and, you know, I don't know. Man, we go down some rabbit holes sometimes, Ben, but here we go. <laughs> when it comes to recruiting for the Diamond, you want those guys. If you're If you're a college coach, you're looking for the people – 
uh, that play catcher first second or catcher second short center, right? Those are typically if you're a, a a baseball coach at high school, that's where you're putting your best players is up the middle of your defense, right? So that means if you're college, you're looking there. Well, the same goes for pros, right? They if you're a catcher especially shortstop, not as much second baseman, but shortstop, center fielder, those are the positions because you can play almost anywhere. And so what Walker has, does he, here's what separates from a a major league catcher from someone who's going to get moved positions, and it's how well they call a game and frame a pitch and block the ball. You know, how good are they behind the plate where does Walker kind of rank on some of those areas? Yeah, it's tough to tell with framing stats because you just don't get any of that in college. But, I mean, he is a wall behind the plate. I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, he's going to pick every every single ball in the dirt. He's got an incredible arm um, behind the plate. And so I think that's what makes him such a good prospect is, one, he's got the bat for a catcher, which is extremely rare. But he's also got the tools to be able to throw a guy out and keep the ball in front of him. Uh, not sure where he's at with framing. Um but I know he he's up there and in the Cape Cod League. He had one of the top top times in the entire Cape Cod League, league out of all catchers. So um, I mean, the stats really show it. He threw 96 in high school, also. So he's got one heck of an arm. Well, and I do want to. I listen. Like I said, your best players play up the middle. That does include pitcher, uh, right? When you're in high school, so you see a lot of high school players that can throw 90s. But they're not going to be pitchers in college. They go play positions. These these people could throw the dang ball all over the field at college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In college, you're seeing guys throw hard and being able to locate and and put it where they want with with break and um, yeah. Guys in college are nasty. And I think the reason why Walker didn't pitch in college is because he said this in the interview he was on the other day. He just threw mid 90s, and that's all he did. I mean. He didn't really know where it was going, but he just threw hard. And in high school, that gets by a lot of people, but in college, it's not really the case. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to play somewhere else. And there's a lot of them like that. And so they go play second, short, right, left. And so what you get are these people with massive arms coming in from all over the place. Yeah. And, and last year, just to kind of show off his arm strength, uh, I forget why it came up. I think Justin Wyshkowski might have been out. He was our third baseman or something was going on. But Walker, or maybe they, they wanted to get him off his legs because I think he had a foot thing going on, uh, didn't want him to catch. But they actually played him at third base probably a handful of games last year. And that's uh, shortstop and third is where you need guys with a strong arm. So um, when capable, he can play some other positions as well. Well, the fact that he showed he can play third base is a big, big plus for him as a prospect to the to MLB. Yeah, uh, so, so Absolutely. You know, yeah, there's not – there's a lot of the same. A lot – you know, you can – there's a reason why catchers a lot of times make really good first and third basemen because they're used to trying to catch something with quick reactions. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're at those hot corners, that ball will get on you quick. Uh, and the reason why catchers make really good outfielders sometimes in the corner spots is because they typically have a big bat and a big arm. Uh, so that's, you know, that's what happens. I'm sure we'll you'll hear Corey's philosophies of baseball and softball a lot more as the year goes on, Ben. 
Yeah, I think softball previews are next week, and then baseball's the week after that. I mean, softball's two weeks away, and baseball's about three, so we're getting there. Who doesn't want to hear Corey drone on about his his theory of how to recruit sports? Let's <laughs> recruit baseball. Baseball recruiting is interesting, man. I mean, you got, like, eighth graders committing and stuff like that. It's wild in baseball recruiting. That's how basketball used to be. Right. And it, it is. Look, you don't get an – I'm not. If I'm a college coach, I ain't looking at a guy that's in eighth grade. Right? Yeah. I, I have seen – Ben, I, I have coached – been around Little League, coached Little League for a long time. Um, And so in all my years, I have seen some great players at – 12, 13, 14, 15 years old that are not when they hit 17, 18, 19 years old. Right. And some of the best players that I have that turned out to be the absolute most talented players, including one player that even made it to the majors as a pitcher, he wasn't even the best pitcher on our staff that year, right? He he was our shortstop. He was good. He had potential. But he didn't actually blossom till he got into junior college and college and, and really late part of high school. Right. So, you know, I you you want to stay away from those guys. That you see that doing it. What they're doing is taking advantage of kids and and taking advantage of parents. And the kids also get kind of hung up in that as well. And it, it's never good, man. That's when you get documentaries made and people go to jail. Yeah, little Bishop Sycamore action. Well, remember the there used to be, good Lord, I might actually be dating myself here, but there used to be basketball documentaries that were following kids from like sixth grade on. Yes, yeah, and I mean, like the Julian Newman kid who was like the next Steph Curry and never even played in college. I mean, you just don't know when they're eighth grade. I mean, you could be six foot four and just be the biggest kid and be good and um, not really going anywhere just because you're big. I mean, you don't really get any bigger after that. And then there's some kids that are. Five foot seven in eighth grade, then they're six foot nine by the senior year in high school, and that's the kid you want to recruit. You just never know. Eighth grade is way too early. Way too early. In fact, you can even go with David Robinson. When they recruited him to Navy, he was six, 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 seven. He had to get a waiver for his height to get in there. I believe he was six, six. And then, like, after his freshman year, he was seven, one, right? Yeah. Yeah, at least. (laughs) So, so like, yeah, those are the guys. But you, you can't tell that ahead of time. But what those, the reason why those guys become such great players is because he had six six skills enough to play at Navy, and he then you put those same skills and that quickness into a seven one body, and you have a monster. That's how it works. Right. No. But exactly. you look at the skills LeBron has. Holy crud, man. Yeah, I mean a guard and a six eight two sixty five body. Yeah, he could play. He could play anywhere on the floor that you need. Uh, I wouldn't put him in the five five slot, but anywhere else, I mean, he could play one of those positions. And his body is built to do that, and he's able to control the ball like a guard. It's insane. Hey, I mean, maybe we could use him to play Liberty. I mean, maybe he could be our five. I think he'd. I think he'd do okay. I don't know no. about you, but that's my expert analysis. I know he has college eligibility, so that's good. Uh, I don't know if he would accept the NIL money. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's it's almost at what the Lakers are giving them. It's close. It's almost. Yeah, <laughs> almost there. Pretty. We're in the ballpark. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're within spitting distance. <laughs> Certainly. Well, how about we wrap this up before this thing gets even more out of control this week? Ben, I want to say thank you to you, and I want to also give a big thank you uh, to all the people out there who are listening and watching us drone on today. Uh, very much thank you, and we hope you return next week. And without you, None of us is, none of this is even possible. It's not even happening. Until next time, Ben, take us out. Eat them up, cats, and uh, be first place in the conference. Go be first place.